We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's finally here. Young, back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. For a fully automated smart home or a state-of-the-art home theater, start with a visit to EncoreAudioVideo.com. Fires, Mike Sips, Walker, Dusty on 1080 The Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Oregon uh, gets their medicine down in Atlanta. The Beavs steamroll Boise State. We'll have that uh, this hour, and we'll talk about the Pac-12 and the games of note across the country. But right now we bring on the Matrix man himself, Dave Bartu, college football Matrix. How you doing, uh, Mr. Bartu? They're just grinding uh, out numbers for betting on the NFL today. Ooh, I like that. No. All right, so that, that, that's, one, that's one of them, man. I'm starting to get – it's already week two, so even though it's Labor Day, uh, our coaches, our clients from around the country are starting to pour in, getting ready for the next group, you know. So mm-hmm. we're, we're breaking down offensive coordinator behavior mm-hmm. and, a few, and a few other things. Um, that uh, <clears throat> we won't talk about. Okay, let's let's uh, talk about Oregon and Georgia because um, one the, the two things that you, that you really break down with the Matrix are your talent mm-hmm. and your coach effect, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How big it was the discrepancy heading into that game from a talent standpoint, and coming out of it, uh, how 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 do do you feel about Oregon this season? Oh, well, I don't know where to start on start which uh, which part of that question, but going into it, I mean, we were talking what? A top 3 recruiter in Georgia. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're when we're going to have that going forward. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia are going to be your three elite recruiters and they have been for the last few years. You know, so so from a talent standpoint, no question it was in favor of Georgia, but Oregon was coming in with their best talent profile of the last 4 years. You know, and so I was, you know, as an alum, I was, ex- I was optimistic. I saw the line open at minus 14. It moved to minus 17 and a half. In September when that happens, the road team covers that 71% of the time. I'm like, okay, 
right? Because because the line makers, I mean, they take account transfers, coaches, they do everything. And then the people who are taking the lines are doing the same thing. And it really didn't move up that far. I mean, it's 14 to 17 and a half is, is really not that big a jump in college football in the NFL. It's huge. And so I'm just like, okay, we've got the talent. And the line, okay, we're, we're, we're decided underdogs, okay? Um, but then I also started thinking, well, Georgia just lost their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Didn't think that, that didn't seem to bother them. Um, and they lost how many guys <laughs> off their defense of the NFL? How many guys they lose off their defense of the NFL? Nine? Ten? I think it was six starters that got drafted. Okay. Drafted. Jeez, six. They got drafted. You know, so you, so you sit there as a duck thing, start talking yourself into, okay, this can't be that bad. Okay, you know, do I do I expect a miracle? No, we're not going to be that crazy pills. But did I expect yeah. them to throw up their worst scoring efficiency in over 15 years? No, I did not expect that at all. Brutal, brutal, brutal. It it was absolutely. I I must have walked. I must have got my 10,000 steps in going from outside. I'm like, okay, let's check the score. Is it that? Oh gosh, it's still that bad. Okay. I'm gonna go back outside and work. I just come back in. It was like a glutton for punishment, you know, like, okay, maybe, maybe something good happened. No, no, no. I, I think I finally just gave up after the third quarter and like, this is just, I was just hoping they'd score a touchdown to bump their efficiency up. But you know, one point every 23 plays, that is, that's owie. Is, Dave, is there is there a glimmer of of sunshine of hope from schematically what the Ducks were trying to do? Did, did did you derive anything from that? That I know that the math says one point per twenty three plays, but the expectancy of of some of those drives had to have looked better early on, right? Nope, I have no idea. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I don't watch <laughs> the games with the X's and O's. That's you guys. You guys. You guys are the X's and O's. Watch the film. You know, uh, I I don't do it. For, in fact, I watch the games on mute. I don't even want to listen to the commentary uh, of uh, of the game because it gets in my head, right? Mm-hmm. I tell stories with numbers. And so I don't listen to the games at all. There's only one announcer I listen to. That's it. And the only reason I do is because he and I talk every Friday before his national game, and I give him little kind of fun things that nobody talks about to try to mix into the broadcast. That's the only time I'll watch it, listen to it. So I, I stay away from listening to the game at all, you know, and, and that double goes for any, any time Rod Gilmute is, is on the call because my, I swear my IQ drops and it hurts listening to that, you know. So uh, there's nothing schematically there in my opinion because I don't have an opinion on it. Now, one of the parts of the questions I didn't address that you'd asked is what does this – what is my takeaway from the Ducks on this? Mm. Nothing. It's one football game. You want to know the best positives? They're not playing Georgia again this year. <laughs> or anywhere close to them. <laughs> nothing close to that. Nothing. There is nothing. There is not another. That was, that was a top three recruiter. Oregon is the best recruiter on the rest of their schedule. I mean, they, they, they have better talent than everybody on their schedule. So there's, there's nothing like that to play in Georgia. And remember, Chip started 19-8 yep. to eight at Boise. One touchdown. Right? And Come a punch on. by a starting running back. Uh, you know, and, and the narrative, I think the thing that most drives me nuts is how everybody wants to crap on teams that did bad this weekend. Yeah. Right? Oh, they're overrated. NC State, Oregon, this, that. I'm like, 
how about we just say maybe East Carolina is really good? And oh my God, Georgia, they're better than we thought. Well, let's talk. Right, about, what's, what's that way? So yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about the the game though. From a talent standpoint, the recruiting profiles have got to be close and or similar. Oregon State mm-hmm. absolutely drops the hammer on Boise State though. What did what did the matrix say from from the profile of those two teams heading into it? Dominating that game, it was thirty-four seventeen was the final, but twenty-four nothing at halftime. Oregon State was was in control from the kick. Well, you know, the biggest takeaway that I had from that game is uh, I did watch it on mute, <laughs> not X's and O's, but it felt like that's a game that in the first week last year the defense would have lost that game, mm-hmm. yep. right? Um, so I, I think the 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 guy I was most happy for was Coach Bray. Yeah, that's, that that was great. That's what that's what I wanted to see. You know, that, that's what I was hoping for because that was a defense that was 107th in scoring efficiency in the first nine games last year, and it was 26th in the country in the last three games. Now I know three games is too small a sample size, but that's really good. That's a huge improvement with the same personnel. So if you're Beaver fan, you got to be because you know the offense is going to be there. Mm-hmm. It has it's been top 25 scoring efficiency each of the last two years. That's going to be there. They threw the ball downfield looking for explosive plays. That's when that what that's yep. what wins games is explosive scores, not explosive plays. Explosive scores, um, you know. And they controlled it early. You know, the nice thing is is the offensive coordinator at Boise is highly predictable early <laughs> on. Beavers took advantage of it and just buried those guys right out of the gate. And um, so to to me, the takeaway from it was that the defense really played well because as a, as a Beavers haven't seen defense in, in week one for five years. Right. I mean, when's the last time you saw any defense at all from the Beavers? It was all, let's just try to outscore these guys. So I think that's the bright side. I'm certain there's a lot of things that they would say that we got to clean up a lot of things because I think the Beavers could have beat them by a whole lot more. And I think, obviously, there could have been some gaps that were closed there as well. Uh, but what was the final on it? 34-17? Yep. 37-17? Okay. I mean, and against Boise. So, Boise, you're talking about the number one recruiter in Mountain West. Recruiting a Boise and Oregon State is pretty similar. We know the history of Boise. Uh, the, the line on that was minus three. So, on a neutral, it's a pick em. At mm-hmm. Boise, they'd have been favored. So... You know, that, that was the scoreboard said this wasn't equal teams. The line said it was equal teams. And, you know, as, as much as I don't know anything about X's and O's, I think they play that game 10 times. I don't think one team wins five and loses five. I think it's a little bit more disproportionate. I think Oregon State was a lot better mm-hmm. uh, offensively and defensively uh, last or on Saturday night. Uh, one of the things you and I were texting back and forth about during that game, mm-hmm. uh, t- talking about Oregon State cleaning things up, they get I think they got tagged for five DPI penalties in that game. They, they were incredibly oh. aggressive, but they were picking up like crazy. And one of the things you said, I think, about two seconds before it got thrown the other way was that the ref crew behavior and the kind of predictability behind it. Can you kind of explain some of that nature and kind of how that's, again, a, 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 a predictive method that you can actually go off of? No. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. You're just going to keep it under, I, I, I hate, up your sleeve? I hate, I hate to put you down hard and just tie you up, Danny, but uh, secret sauce, ancient Chinese secrets. We're not going into 
things that you expect to happen before they happen. <laughs> your Skynet? Do you have college football Skynet? Is that your new thing? Is you predicting the future out of it? Um, all right. Oh, I th- yeah. I think the funniest thing is when I tweeted out right after that DPI that here comes the touchdown, and I think uh, Cleto was in what two plays later. Yeah, yeah. it's all fixed. All right, what, know it. what are the models? What do the models look like uh, for the NFL as as you're getting your your betting models? I mean, that perks my attention up. That when when the Matrix is mm-hmm. dabbling in the in the world of the NFL, has anything stuck out to you heading into this opening week of the NFL season? No, see, I'm really boring with this. Okay, because it's numbers. I don't look at the teams. Okay, I'll give you an example. There is Team X and Team Y that is playing this Thursday. Mm. Okay. The line opened at minus two and a half, and it's holding there in favor of the road team. In the last 10 years, a opening line of minus two and a half for the road team in the NFL, the home team has covered that 80% of the time in the last decade, in the first three weeks of the season. In so, the first three weeks of the season. In the first three weeks, okay. we can't look at the whole season because yep. the season goes up and down. You got quarters right? of it, yeah. In the, in the first five weeks, if that two and a half drops to two, so if you get if you get team Y, which is the Rams, you get that plus two. If it moves down at the close, that has that open at two and a half, down to two or less, has covered 87% of the time in the last 10 years in the NFL. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So, so I don't know anything about these teams. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I don't, you know, and I, I know the bills have a guy named Josh Allen that I had graded number one draft pick uh, for the quarterbacks way back when. And I know the Rams have, have cool helmets, you know, but, but <laughs> the Super Bowl. And, and, and some guy named Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and some, some, some uh, Stafford dude who's on AT&T commercials. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't look at any of those things. I, I just, I look at the past behavior of two things, two, two smart groups of people, the people that make the lines and the people that move them. And so over time, they develop patterns. And what I'm trying to do is take advantage of two smart groups of people by looking at those patterns. I don't care about the teams. It's X and Y and what's the pattern been and do we bet it? All right. Well, I love that. Yeah. Go to the go to the Matrix. He's the CFB <laughs> Matrix on Twitter. Dave Bar Two is his name. And I'm so glad you brought up the Bills and the Rams because if you were going to go through that whole thing and just say the visiting team on Thursday and the home team, I was going to just be like the Rams are favored. <laughs> <laughs> go with the Rams. Bar Two likes the Rams in this situation. Uh, but I love I love the inside noise. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot, Bar Two. You know where I'm at. Always uh, my pleasure. My man. Appreciate Dave, you. Dave Bar 2, College Football Matrix, NFL betting matrix as well. Uh, he's got mm. great information, looks at the numbers. And this is kind of, this is the interesting part about it, is you, he said two things that really stuck out to me. Mm. One is that Boise State and, and Oregon State, same recruiting profile. Mm-hmm. The, that is what we knew heading yeah. into that. That makes 34-17 that much sweeter. Yes, it does. Right? If you're pulling from the same pools and you're outperforming, that means your dudes are duding and your coaching staff is getting guys on board. And this was the this was the other one and we were talking about this talent gap. Mm-hmm. Oregon has been recruiting well. They're nowhere near. And it's not converting to that next. It, it step was yet. No, it was nowhere but it's nowhere near the team they played. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near. Yeah. The team that they played because there's what Georgia and Alabama do and what everybody else does are, are on different levels. Well, Ohio State, you can throw into that, too, from a talent standpoint. Mm-hmm.
because of of the way that they recruit. It's just not there. And you add everything up that went into that Oregon game where they were outcoached, outplayed, outmanned. Mm-hmm. They got hammered. Hammered. Hammered 49 to 3. All right, uh, we'll move on. We'll have more on uh, Oregon and uh, Georgia including the Dan Landing effect. But hey, how about those bees? Oregon State flexes on the Broncos. Danny Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. Oregon got beat on in every phase of that game against Georgia. Meanwhile, the Oregon State Beavers, they flipped the script. They did the exact opposite to the mm-hmm. Boise State Broncos in their home opener. Absolutely handled the Broncos in every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. They were the more physical team. They were the more prepared team. They executed better. And they showed things that I didn't, I didn't expect to see. I did not expect to see Chance Nolan airing it out regularly and diming guys up all over the field. Just tremendous stuff from the bees all around. Well, Oregon State and Jonathan Smith as a play caller, he's always been one of the best play callers Sneaky in college good. football. Um, and he has been he's been exactly the same since he's been at Oregon State. There's a reason why that they've been competitive, even though there was a talent gap, and now they've closed that talent gap and are improving every single year. He can dial up whether it's a trick play or the timing and rhythm of his play calls is exceptional. He knows when to take that shot. You know, the the Dunmore uh, trick play where you've got, mm-hmm. you know, a, a trick play where he's throwing to Trey Lowe, who's running up the up the field. Like, that is a brilliant time yeah. to call it. You're doing things early in the season. He's got big balls in those, in those mm-hmm. situations as well. And then his ability to get through and connect with quarterbacks and improve his quarterback play, not just year in and year out, but week in to week out, yeah. has always been impressive. And Chance Nolan has taken a big step forward this year tremendous. with with getting the ball out quicker. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, that deep ball is it looks great. a lot better than it has in years past. And Oregon State, that's a huge win. We talked about the importance of Week mm-hmm. One and which it, which school is more important for. And leaning towards Oregon State because of the yeah. unknown, man, they get off to a great start. And and you you get out of week one with a big win against a Boise team that they had high expectations for this mm-hmm. Boise team. And Hank Bachmeyer, uh, he played an atrocious half of football. What did you say his QBR was? was point, point, point eight. Uh, he was four of eight, 30 yards, two picks. Um, but then when they brought in Taylor Green, Taylor Green, unorthodox throwing motion. Certainly. They move the ball a a lot more effectively with him on the field kind of freelancing. And uh, I I thought it was just a hell of a performance, especially on the defensive side of the ball for Oregon State. Trent Bray had those guys dialed in. I I thought they they called as as good as they called a game offensively. I thought defensively they got after it Uh, on every level. Oregon State looked good. They executed incredibly well. I think the only questions I really had was 
I thought they got a little cute sometimes, leaving Spates in on some coverage where they got themselves in a little bit of trouble by not getting a pass rush. Yep. But uh, their secondary was incredible. They were very aggressive. Uh, as we talked about with Oregon, Georgia, not getting separation, Boise State couldn't really get any separation. And when they did, Oregon State, they ball hawked. They were incredible at the point of attack all over the field. I am uh, the week one in overreactions to week one. I don't think, you know, Oregon is dead. I don't think Oregon State is going to the Rose Bowl this year. No, but there's signs of but things to build on. Taking steps forward is the important part. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oregon took a big step back uh, in week one and expectations then get tempered mm-hmm. uh, greatly. But Oregon State, you sit there and you say, all right, Last year, you make it to a bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. This year, moving that step back forward a yep. notch and saying the bowl game is the expectation. Now it's your jockeying for that positioning and seeing where they start at as that baseline is a heck of a lot better than it has been in, boy, I, I mean, you're going a back decade. over a decade, yeah, yeah, over a decade to having this sort of expectation, this sort of excitement for what the season could hold for Oregon State. I, I think Beavs. They're not even favored this weekend against Fresno, which is something that that's a whole other conversation, but they're going on the road to a Mountain West team with returning a quarterback that just beat a big sky team 35 to seven. But you're now at a point where Oregon stayed in that bowl game. You're on, you're on that path. Week one is the first big step forward and, and they passed it with flying colors. You and I have talked about this a ton for the last couple of weeks, the idea of their first five weeks of the season. They're really, mm-hmm. their chances are in the first three weeks. And this was the first step. Can they handle Boise state? And the thing that I remember very plainly, what I said, I don't expect them to go in there and, and, you know, kind of handle things and get out of there and cover the spread. I expect them if they are going to take that next step, be that, eight win team to go in there and handle this game. Yep. And did I believe they were, I had questions, but after the first drive, I was like, Oh, they are not joking around. They, they, they want to come out there and they, they want to take care of business. And when that game was over, the questions I had about Oregon state were, were small. And again, yep. not to overreact or anything part of it, but you saw what you wanted to see. You saw the offensive line dictate pace and tempo. You saw Chance Nolan do things we hadn't seen him do before and be accurate and delicate with his deep ball. You saw the secondary be the strength of the defense, and you saw a pass rush and a running game on both sides of the ball that are kind of the hallmarks of what you expect or what Oregon State has said they wanted to be. When we had Angie Machado on, she said, no, this team really believes in itself, and you could see that in how they they executed on Saturday. Well, and not letting the miscues and mishaps compound themselves there, there that is was, where oregon that is where oregon uh failed miserably and oregon state passed with flying colors i mean their first drive y- you fumble mm-hmm. like you're driving down the field and you fumble and your defense responds by picking you back, back up with getting an interception well hank bachmeyer responds by <laughs> you know getting an interception yeah. and in giving it back to oregon state like that is those are, are signs of stability, mm-hmm. right? And that mental fortitude in, in going into a game. And, and not everything is going to be rosy in a no. football game. You but have that, got to be able react. to to persevere through the negatives. And that's one thing that Oregon State uh, did a really good job mm-hmm. of, man. I was really impressed with, with the Beavs, um, really at, at all three levels of 
the the offense where mm-hmm. they were run the balls between the tackles. They were getting to the second level, and their intermediate game with Chance Nolan has always been really good mm-hmm. um, throwing the ball. But then getting to that third level of the defense was it was huge for for them and putting up those explosive plays and leading two points. Explosive scores are huge, as Bar Two said as well. And look. Uh, it's huge momentum getting that that opening win um, and getting that one under your belt. If they go down there to Fresno State and they win that game, and I don't expect them to win it handily, but if they go down there and they win that game cleanly in a fashion where you're not going, well, everything kind of just went their way. But if they handle business and they execute, this is a team that, again, I think yeah. that you're looking at much, much more closer to being an eight-win team than being a, well, maybe they'll get to six and get a bowl game. I think they're trying to put themselves in position – for what they want to do, which is to take that next step. And this is that next step to get past that yeah. squeaking to the bowl game. The, the bowl games that play about two weeks later. Well, and we were talking about this with, with when Oregon and Georgia is like, I don't know whether Oregon is that bad or Georgia is just good. truly that yeah. good because we're week one. I don't know if Oregon state is, you know, going to be this threatening the pac 12 mm-hmm. team or Boise state is taking a step backwards. Like that is, that's, those are huge questions yep. because the shine has come off over the last handful of years Absolutely. from this Boise State program, but they were confident that this was going to be their year. And we know Boise will always get better as the season goes on. They get up for that one non-conference game, and then you know, the, as the season goes on, they'll stub their toe at some point, but continually to build. And then the bowl game, they're just going to crush whoever's will is mm-hmm. in Vegas, and they don't want to. They don't want to be there. The other team doesn't want to be there, and they'll crush them. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen that, or I guess it's LA now. Yeah. It's not Vegas anymore. It's the LA bowl, but that has been their blueprint and their model blueprint, which is going, which one is it for Oregon state being truly that good? And that's why this is where boys state. That's kind of why I look at that. It will be, that'll be their Like, is this team for real? Which again, everybody always asks that quite a question, but like I saw the hallmarks of a team that's for real because you saw things that big questions, the deep ball, the front seven for Oregon State is Oregon State's offensive line as build. Is are the playmakers on the edges able to create separations? Are the big explosive plays there? Is the consistency is the consistency there? And will they rebound on mistakes? And they ticked all those boxes, which was I thought it was it, it was back to front a very impressive performance for the Beavs. Yeah, and meanwhile in Boise they're they're imploding over that. Yeah, they're melting down because they, they, they realistically outside Taylor Green's break what was that a seventy two yarder. Outside of that play, they got manhandled. They got absolutely destroyed. Yep, they got to go back at it. Um, Boise State, who do they have next? They've got, uh, they usually, yeah, they got New Mexico next. And meanwhile, the Beavs have got, they got a tough one, man. Jay Kaner and that Fresno State team. And you go down to Fresno at 730, you're going to have the batteries thrown at you, bottles full of pee thrown at you. Uh, they pull out all the stops at, Not Boise, great, or at Fresno. <laughs> no, not for anybody, including the people. No, like, just think Even the people of Fresno. Yeah, if you're the person throwing a battery or a bottle full of urine, it's not going good for you either, man. Fresno is only a step above Bakersfield. Yeah, that plays. Yeah, it's, yeah trust me. That plays. <laughs> that plays. 503-250-1080. The worst day on the web next. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. It's
It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Oh, really? sucks this actually mariah carey you're right because this is how i feel about the person who is uh getting the worst day on the web today this one is gonna go and this isn't this this guy's first day on having a bad day on the web that's for sure kanye west ladies and gentlemen has i don't want to say gone off the deep end because that's what's we're we're, we're we're long past that like this should have been about kickers but kanye came over the, off the top rope and is dropping an elbow on him we have like east carolina appalachian state uh, lsu like we've had big kicker issues and so, kanye west is the guy i had so many i had so many to choose from and i'm like which one do i go with and then this came across <laughs> kanye west for those that don't know right now is currently in a major legal dispute with adidas over yeezys and it's we do not have the time to go into every part of it. It is long, drawn out, and every industry person who is, is has any brain right now has all told me the same thing. He is out of his ever-loving mind. Mm-hmm. He t- posted something to IG a couple hours ago that he, the, where he states his Yee's Adidas deal terms. Number one, terminate the contract. Number two, take back the IP. Number three, Adidas pays $2 billion to Yee for A, stealing IP, B, damages to brand, mental health, social standing, family, yeah, emotional yeah, abuse, yeah. blackmail, not opening stores, lying about factor capacity. Four, Yee owns and operates Yeezy going forward. Yee will decide Adidas' future role, collaboration, and manufacturing. Adidas would get, would get cost of manufacturing plus 10%. None of these things are going to happen. None. Okay, you said it's a big legal battle. It, is it really, or is it... He's just posting on his social media, and that's it. That's basically it. What's going to end up happening out of this is this is Adidas is going to look at this as a, like a defamation kind of a deal, and then it's actually going to get bad because the the chain of events here is it's it's bad. Well, what Kanye West needs this is why people need others to tell them no. This is why you shouldn't have family running as agents. Uh, oh, Lamar Jackson oh, too. Weird. Lamar Jackson fits into this. That's amazing because it could, like, a guy who also could have been on this is RG3. Did you hear RG3's uh, drop on his game on Saturday? No, I, I, walking out of, the, out of the tunnel was all I saw from him. Nope. Oh, I missed him. Nope. How about... And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That's how they went to. That's how they went to break. He was calling the Michigan football game. Uh, he had Michigan. a great walk and talk. It was fantastic. Yeah, Michigan won fifty-one to seven. Um, and in that game, I don't know if I don't know why he thought that that would be a a good idea. That sounded a little rehearsed, even Alex. Well, it's because the person who scored. The reason why he said it is because Alex Orgy is the player's name. Alex oh, Orgy scored the touchdown. And it's O-R-J-I. And that is why, why RG3 sent them to break, saying, I want to hear it again. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> I can just imagine the EP behind in the truck going, no. <laughs> Rust, if I had dropped that line, What's what what's 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 the Jeff Rust reaction? Great point, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. 
I can tell you what was going through his mind, though. In, in all of the, well, as this is going, he's probably going, oh, nobody's watching this game anymore anyways. Wrong. People are always Wrong. watching. There's always a guy that's going to watch because it was that score made it 51 to 7. It was 44 to 7. There's a minute 43 to go in the game. He's like, there's no way anybody's watching this game anymore. I can say whatever I want. If anything, people are tuning in now because the next game is about to start. Well, he was definitely wrong on that one because the Jazz. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Did they throw it to the studio after that? Did they go for a live <laughs> scoreboard update after after the orgy in the end zone to check on the the Jazz, jazz trade of Donovan Mitchell? Is that, is that what happened? Would we need to go to Jeff Russ for comment on that one? Jazz and the Jazz. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, man! I don't, I don't have words. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. You can only get so naked. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can. I, I'm still sticking with Kanye just because this whole thing has been a disaster, and it's just like when you start digging in, even yeah. to the surface level stuff, it is so bad and so awful, and it's just, I don't feel bad for him, but I do. I've got a huge one for you. I do feel bad for him, um, but also because a lot of this I don't think is in his control. No, I, I like it. The dude melts down every other day on social media. He's got to get some help at some point. You'd hope, but yeah, yeah this this whole situation, man, which, that sucks. If if it does go become a legal battle, Adidas is just going to take everything because that's as big as Kanye is. He's mm. not bigger than that well he's having a horrible day on the internet so is the brand new coach of lsu brian yeah i was a hundred percent gonna think about going there but that was um well let's get to it next danny and dusty on the fan This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. The debut of the Brian Kelly era in LSU started yesterday at the Superdome. It almost started off in mm. tremendous fashion. Well, I guess it did start off in tremendous fashion. Tremendously spectacular. Awful fashion. Boy, it was something. Um, it, it was kind of one of those things that if it could go wrong, it did go wrong for the LSU Tigers because it was, um, what was it? At the half, they were getting beat seven to three and it was just a four point game. And, but at that time you had muffed punts, blocked kicks. It was just an ugly performance from the LSU tigers where I, I, there's very few things that happen in a game where you just go, Oh my goodness, it's all falling apart. Well, it all happened in the first half where they had Mm -hmm. a, a field goal on their first drive. Then they had a muffed punt, and then they have a missed field goal. It was, just, and then um, at the end of the half, 
Like you were sitting there and you're going, okay, is there going to be a little bit of life? They, they got the Jaden Daniels. Like we're talking about the Bo Nix experience yeah. with Oregon. They're getting the Jaden Daniels experience at, at LSU. 100%. Where you can see it and he came out on those first couple drives. You're like, whoa, look Electric. at him. He can move. Yeah. He, he can throw the ball on the run. He's It's awesome to see. And we, by the way, Florida State's got a quarterback that can move too. What's his, what, uh, Jordan Travis? Mm-hmm. My goodness. But the big difference is... When Jordan Travis does it, he does it still looking to throw the ball down the field and to create time in a pocket within the context of an offense. Uh, Jaden Daniels, he freaks out and just (laughs) all over the field. So at half, Brian Kelly was asked uh, about to assess his team's performance. Uh, We can't play any worse than that, I don't think. I mean, it's my first game. Maybe we can. (laughs) What's great about this is... The post-game comments get even better. Well, you can because they come out in the second half and you're like, all right, well, hey, they figured their stuff out. Was it uh, on their first three drives of the second half? They go punt, then touchdown, touchdown, right? And you're looking at this going, do we have ourselves a football game here, folks? It was 24-17, and then the final drive of the game you could not ask for a better script. You couldn't ask. I mean, you cannot ask for a better script coming down after you fumble, right? And you get a, mu- well, I think they muffed another punt mm-hmm. and you get the ball back. You drive 99 yards, like, and then you score as time expires. Zeros on the clock. And Daniels delivers a strike in the end zone. Like it was just like, Oh my goodness, you tied this game up. We're going to overtime, baby. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Because you've already had one field goal blocked, and then the extra point happens. The all-important point after in a 24-23 ball game. Here's the snap. Placement down. Kick on the way, and it is blocked, and it hits the crossbar. No good. And Florida State going to survive this one 24 to 23. All over with here in New Orleans. That was the call on uh, LSU's radio network. You could just hear the sadness. Well, it was a little bit more electric for Florida State's. <laughs> It's a redshirt freshman kicker, Damian Ramos, who might be the most nervous person in the Superdome right now. Roy to snap, Ramlet to hold, to send it to free football. Snap, spot, blocked! Yeah! It's no good! Yeah! It's blocked! Shaheen Brown got his men on it! Fire up the war chant and plant the spear. Nose win. Nose win. Mike Norvell, you have your signature win. How I, great is that? I hope they were right next to each I hope both crews were right next to each other in the press box. If it's anything like it was in Mercedes-Benz, it went Oregon. Then you had, so Jerry and Georgie. Then right next to them, you had George, Georgia's radio crew. Mm-hmm. Then right next to them, you had ESPN. Then right next to them, you had Dirt and I. We had our own. We had our own booth. Look at you. Yeah, and you could see all the way down and through. And I, I it, it was one of those things where <laughs> it was very interesting to look through, and you could see all the way down. And it's just like sadness on the end, <laughs> elation uh, a little bit closer. 
And then the ESPN guys are just kind of looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, is this is really happening? happening right now? And it it was a hell of a deal uh, seeing that. So if it's anything like that in the, the Superdome, then, yeah, they probably were looking right, right with like just a little bit of just a soundproof glass separating the two booths from each other. You get to see exactly what's going on. Yikes. I just... <laughs> Uh, the, I gotta say, the internet being undefeated for this, uh, I've already seen about a dozen different versions of Brian Kelly didn't change his accent for this. Mm. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. But you said uh, the fireworks started coming in the post game press conference too. Yeah, I mean, he threw everyone under the bus, including himself. Yeah, uh, as it, he does. Brian yeah. Kelly does that. Yeah, and but I mean, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, the the let me pull up the exact quote is uh, he started talking about the, the muff punt and he said, we're going to reevaluate that position. Yeah. Well, which, because uh, two of them, that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. But uh, that's again, he, he kind of went into, uh, we're going to have another punt return next weekend, which mm-hmm. like, even if it's true, like you, why, why say that publicly? Well, it's, it's always a little weird. I appreciate the honesty though. Right. Mm hmm. I mean, you you appreciate the honesty because of the fact that it's like, well, yeah, of course you're reevaluating that position. You had two muff punts. You know, what fans don't want to hear is, yeah, we're going to stick with him and we're going to be there. Fair. And then you roll out next week and it's somebody different. And he's like, well, you just created a week worth of headlines. At, at least Brian Kelly's just getting out in front of it right now and just being like, yeah, we're going to have to reevaluate that. And here's the thing. The young man who muffed those two punts, nobody feels as worse as, as, he, as does. he does. Like, he feels the worst of anybody to have done that. And that's what sucks. That's like when when you think about, like, Bo Nix staring down the receiver and throwing the interception. Mm-hmm. It's not He didn't want that to happen. Like, there's no player in college football that wants these negatives to happen. Despite right? what people believe. Yeah. And it's just like, but... It happens, and they feel horrible about it. And that is, this is like the worst day of that young man's life is giving away two opportunities to another team. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that young man knows he's not going to be returning punts next week. So why should Brian Kelly not say it? That's fair. <laughs> the other part of this is he uh, they had the block field goal earlier in the game. They they actually made a change in their special teams uh, from the exact spot that the block came from earlier in the game. Yeah. And, uh, Brian Kelly ba- basically said, uh, what we've learned is we got to coach better. I'm accountable for that. Uh, uh <laughs> after you think, but long story short, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly it up. And it just, the reviews of the press conference all in all have been pretty bad. And then there's, there's been some talk of some scrubbed social media, among some of LSU's best players. Yeah, well, they have uh, apparently a couple of them, um, but I, it's a receiver, well, two two receivers, but Kayshawn Boot, or is it mm. Booty? We're going to have to go to Jeff Rust. Well, I don't know if Jeff Rust is the best pronunciation guide to go to on this. Booty, we're going to go. Sure, we'll go Kayshawn Booty. Uh, he has scrubbed LSU from his social media and said uh, apparently he's entering the portal after one game. Oops. Uh oh, oops! So off to a banging start here in uh, the Brian Kelly era. Yeah. Well, I wonder why he left Notre Dame. A buttload of money. Oh, right. Yeah, I think the buttload of money really is a a deciding factor. Deciding factor. Uh, Yeah. And the whole 
the guys like that, they know when to pull the ripcord and, and go. And he was at Notre Dame for a long time. Sure he was. And so you know that he even said it when he hired Marcus Freeman there. He's like, the next head coach of, of Notre Dame is going to be Marcus Freeman. He saw how special that young man is as a coach, Thirty was 35 years old, yeah. um, and just an impressive human being. And he's like, well, I guess I should just do it now before they push me out at Notre Dame at some point. They've pushed out great coaches all the time there. Yeah, no, that's, there's been no shortage of that over the years, <laughs> which, you know, I'm all for. Uh, 503-250-1080 coming up in the final hour we'll go through uh, the rest of the pack and uh, what happened in pack 12 week one across the conference uh, and across the country we mentioned Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame Uh, they have an L but it was an impressive showing uh, for Ohio State's defense in that game but uh, where we start number two what can we gather from on Dan Lanning from his debut flop Danny and Dusty on the fan We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.